0: Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Raven from the Lean Blog. Thanks for joining us today. This is the second part of my discussion with Dr. Jeffrey Leiker. Last time we talked about how companies struggle with implementing the Toyota production system. Dr. Leiker commented that, at least among auto suppliers, that, quote, well over 90% are talking about it. Almost all of them have done something. But the number that have deeply implemented TPS is below 2%. Well, today we're going to talk about lean healthcare, uh, new applications of the Toyota production system in hospital settings. Even if you don't work in healthcare, I hope this podcast will be of interest. I think manufacturers have the opportunity to learn about how hospitals are implementing the culture of TPS, not just the tools. And as somebody who works in healthcare, I hope that that's something that's going to help uh, the healthcare world and the hospitals be more successful, relatively speaking, than the manufacturing world has been. I want to change directions a little bit, um, since the, this is an area I, I've been working in and um, the, the, the past year and have um, a lot of interest in, is this notion of lean health care. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: What your thoughts are on that? You know, Posted some articles in the blog about some work University of Michigan Hospital is doing. I was curious if you've been involved in uh, I- advising them or what, what your experience is. I've had some, some involvement, uh,
2: and not, not heavily, but uh, Dr. Billy, who's, been leading that at the University of Michigan. He and I are co-directors of a lean healthcare five-day course at University of Michigan, a five-day certificate program. And we've been teaching doctors from around the country and nurses and you know, healthcare professionals of various kinds. Uh, and basically what has become clear is that uh, all the principles of the terrier production system apply very well in a hospital. I had the opportunity also to visit Toyota's Hospital in Japan last summer. And they're in the process now of implementing the Toyota production system within Toyota's Hospital. They own it. And it's a public hospital okay. called the Toyota Memorial Hospital. And uh, believe it or not, with all the years of being part of Toyota, they never really were interested in implementing the Toyota production system or Toyota Methods. But they now have a new uh, managing director, a new head of the hospital, who decided we're part of other, we really ought to learn the trade away. Uh, but there's lots of different things, but one, at, at one level, there's different tools like 5S and organization. You know, in theory, you expect hospitals to be extremely well organized and antiseptic and everything in its place, but it's not the case if you look you know, behind
1: I closet doors that, yeah.
2: and, uh, <laughs> you'll see it's a mess and,
1: yeah. and complete
2: lack of organization. Uh, if you, and then there's things like, even simple things like Kanban applied to the supply system. When I was in Japan, the Toyota had reassigned two production control experts to the hospital. And I was walking to the hospital and these guys are giving me a tour and they're showing me all these Kanban systems for all the materials moving in the hospital. And I asked, how is it you came to be here? And they said, that's a good question. We, we were wondering that ourselves. Uh, suddenly one day we were told we were going to go work at the hospital. We thought there was a mistake. But they said once we came here, we saw that a lot of the hospital is just a big material flow system. There's mm-hmm. a huge amount of material that needs to flow through the hospital. And it's done really badly. And, uh, we can use all the same concepts we use for material flow in a factory in a hospital and they work just as well. Uh, another way of looking at it is in terms of value streams. And you look at patient value streams, patients coming in, they want to be served, and they go through a whole series of processes, and then they come out the end and they're uh, let go and sent home. And from the patient's point of view, most of what they experience is waiting and waste mm-hmm. and lost records and misinformation. And uh, so a lot of the work of the, the University of Michigan Hospital has been to pick specific value streams, Map those value streams using value stream mapping, just like in factories, and find there's incredible amounts of waste from the patient's point of view of processing the patient through the system. And then start to work at uh, reducing that waste through using lean tools. And they found they can you know easily cut in half the uh, the waste that the patient experiences, and eventually they'll be getting up to uh, cutting 80 or 90% of waste, for example. A patient who calls in and has a problem uh, in the sports medicine part would have waited weeks to get served, and now they're, they're serving almost all these patients within 24 hours. Uh, that sort of thing it is becoming very common, uh, and hospitals around the country are now picking up on this. We also did work with the American Heart Association, and you think, well, they're a healthcare organization, and therefore... The same lean manufacturing tools would apply to them, and in fact, their conclusion was, we don't, re- we're not really servicing patients. What we're doing is we're developing products. We're trying to get out information mm-hmm. about uh, heart disease, and we develop products to do that. They're training products, they're information products, they're internet web-based products. So they were. Looking more at the Toyota product development system as a model, and we did a Toyota product development system course for them. Uh, and they found looking at themselves as a product development organization was more useful than looking at themselves as a manufacturing organization. Yeah,
1: because I'm sure if,
0: as some manufacturers might struggle, if healthcare organizations are looking at Toyota and trying to copy specific tools, that they might be more likely to fail. You know, nobody's suggesting putting a Operating table and a moving line and,
2: you know. Oh yeah, well they're seeing work like that. that. It, yeah, The doctors are imagining that they're going to have standardized work and they're going to be told what to reach, you know, this second reach for this, this mm, second reach yeah, for that, no. this second following procedures like they're, uh, they're set in stone and they see that the patient needs something different, but they're not allowed to do it because they have mm. to follow the standardized procedure. No. So they have all these strange visions of what this is about. And what it's really about, again, is becoming a learning organization and understanding, looking at your processes to understand where there's waste and how you can eliminate variability so that you can better serve your customers. That's really what it's about. It's not about trying to make yourself look like an assembly line.
0: (laughs) And, you know, the the healthcare people I've worked with, um, I give them a lot of credit for being open-minded and not falling back on, Saying, well, we're different. You know, it seems like even in the manufacturing world, people tend to say, well, we're not auto assembly, or we're not the auto industry, or we're not.
1: You know,
0: uh, you know, they come up with so many excuses yeah. of why they're different. But it seems like the power of lean is that that the principles and the concepts at the right level can be applied just about anywhere.
2: You yeah, know, we've certainly seen that. I mean, the, the healthcare. You know, one thing nice about it is that you have very highly educated professionals who are constantly learning. So they tend to be very open to learning. And if you could show them, if they feel that what you're trying to do is impose some recipe on them that doesn't fit, they're going to resist. Uh, if you can, they tend to be very open to thinking in terms of principles because that's what they're used to. So they thinking in terms of tools and principles that need to be creatively applied to so- solve problems is something they do every day. So they're very open to that.
0: Yeah, we hear the, the, the complaint, you know, this isn't assembly line medicine. And I, I think I try to remind people that, you know, there's something like there's sort of this pejorative term about assembly lines, or I think people picture, you know, old, non-lean, you know, problematic, poor quality type production lines. And I always emphasize, yeah, you know, it's not about turning this into a, um, a mindless repetitive process. Not at all, but you know, learning good lessons from good lean assembly plants.
2: Right. Yeah, well, the assembly, I think that that, as you're kind of implying, people uh, also uh, oversimplify the assembly line. The assembly line process is not a mechanical process that you turn on and the cars just crank off the end of the line and everything runs smoothly as a big, well-oiled machine. The assembly line is a bunch of people doing a bunch of pretty complicated tasks and seeing problems and needing to solve those problems. And collectively, through all these people, uh, trying to uh, build this thing together and solve these problems and coordinate all their efforts, you know, mm-hmm. something comes out the end. But to get really good quality, everybody has to be a problem solver. And that's what Ted has tried to do, is to mechanize the routine tasks to then free up people to solve the problems, the deviations. And there's always deviations. Assembly plants are extremely dynamic places yeah. where there's just problems going on every place. And if you look at the, one of the things that to the Andon system is that you, know, you pull the cord and music comes on and lights go on and that says, I need help, you surface the problem. And that's what Toyota wants to do. In a Toyota plant, there's music playing every place all the time. There's lights going on all the time. You'd think that he must be the worst assembly plant in the world because of all the problems they have, and the only difference between them and another plant is that they're calling attention to their problems.
0: And they're fixing them, uh, and
2: they're probably fixing, fixing
0: the root cause instead of just putting exactly. the fire out. So, so and, they're and getting uh,
2: better every day, whereas the other plants that aren't calling attention to the problem are not getting any better.
0: And that's the one message that seems to resonate really well. Um, it's been a, a lot written. Um, Stephen Spear has written a lot about uh, workarounds in healthcare and you know, certainly see that all the time where a problem pops up, you know, a, a tube of blood is missing and kind of the default problem solving process has always been, we'll find the tube of blood. And then when right. it's found, the problem solved and then something comes up missing a couple days later and, and learning those problem solving approaches to to, to start challenging, you know, that, well, what if we never had a missing tube because we fixed the reasons that they're lost? You know, you see the light bulbs go off and the, the, the change in, in, people's thinking processes seems to drive a lot of the improvement more so than, um, things that you might think of as more traditional lean tools like 5S. Right.
1: And that's,
2: uh, that, that pro- that process of calling attention to problems, solving problems is very powerful. I know in the University of Michigan Hospital, they did as one of their model projects, they did this intravenous cat- catheter thing that you insert so that you don't have to keep on reinserting the, uh, the, uh, intravenous line every time you, every day to the patient. You can, you can easily insert it into this catheter thing that's inserted. And they, they mapped the process by so what's that happened, which from the time the doctor says we need this, or the nurse says we need this, till it was actually inserted and ready to go. Could take days. And it, and it's probably, you know, minutes of value added work in that process. So they looked at that whole process. They mapped it. They put it on the wall. Big map on the wall. Here's the current process. And then they asked for suggestions. And they put post-it notes up there. And they got dozens of suggestions. All these nurses came out of the woodwork to suggest where they can improve. And then they came up with a future state and they, Dramatically reduced the time it took to, uh, to do this when they put it, they developed these carts that were well designed in 5S and they developed a process of calling for it and they cut out a bunch of steps. But just the fact that they, they had the process visible on a wall and then, and then they asked for suggestions. People just loved making those suggestions. They got excited. So obviously they have the, the ideas, they have the knowledge, but they didn't have a vehicle to, uh, to share that knowledge. And simple visual tools allowed them that vehicle that they could make this process visible. And everybody said, oh, yeah, that's been frustrating for years for me, and yeah, I'd love to come up with an idea for improving that.
0: Well, I'll make sure that there are links to um, your books and information about you on uh, the Lean Blog website. But if people wanted to contact you or if they wanted um Help from you. What what type of um, consulting or uh, advising do you do personally or through another organization?
2: Well, personally, I, uh, am often asked to do keynote speeches and, uh, talk at conferences and sometimes I, uh, do, uh, I tend to do more like a workshop, like somebody will say, we need a leadership workshop and we need to have a vision for uh what our company would look like if we were really following these principles with put away. Can you help us by uh mm-hmm. teaching us and then helping the management team develop a vision for a company. I tend not to get so involved in the day to day tools and transformation. I also uh am part owner of a company, Optiprise uh and Optiprise has a set of consultants who have been trained in lean a number of them Used to work for Toyota and, uh, and we, we, they, and my consultants actually go onto the shop floor and they do value stream mapping and they put in pull systems and they step by step teach the plant, uh, what this is about, how to make this a system and how to turn it into, uh, to real problem solving. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do both those kinds of things, uh, and, uh, you know, again, personally, uh, I get regular emails just asking me to speak at this event or that event. And sometimes it's a one hour presentation, sometimes it's a whole day, sometimes it's a several day workshop. Uh, and as well as, you know, is there a way you can help us on a consulting basis? And then I rely on people who work for me who are, are more hands on in their experience.
0: One other question. Is there, I, I'm looking at my copy of the Toyota Way sitting here. Is there a follow up coming? I know there's the Toyota Way field book that was out. Is there another book? In the future?
2: Well, the Toyota product development system actually came out about two months ago. Oh,
1: That's through okay.
2: Productivity Press. That's with Jim Morgan. Jim Morgan was one of my Ph.D. students,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: uh, he's, he's Morgan and to like her. So that, you know, that's out now. You can see it at uh, Amazon.com. Okay. Uh, currently, what I'm working on with Dave Meyer, who wrote the Toyota Way Field book with me, uh, we're working on finishing up a book called Toyota Talent and it's about how Toyota develops their people. And, uh, what we are doing is we're develop, we're going to write a series of books that get into more depth about each of the piece that we can learn more about, uh, for example, developing lean processes and developing people and problem solving. So we're going to have whole books on each of those things. And what okay. I'm working on now is the developing people book. And that is due to the publisher by the end of September. And that takes them about six months to get it out.
0: In the future, you might work on lean publishing to help them
1: reduce their Oh, time they're, to get their books they're out. terrible.
2: <laughs> I tried. I have given them, I've, they haven't paid me a consult form, but they, uh, yeah. but I give them unpaid free advice that they <laughs> mostly ignore.
0: Okay, well, I'm glad that hasn't discouraged you from from writing more books, so. Okay. Well, again, I, no. I appreciate you um, joining us here on the podcast. I, I really do appreciate your time and your insights here on the Toyota production system.
2: Great. it. Bye bye.
0: Well, again, I want to thank Dr. Leiker for being here on the Lean Blog podcast. Um, again, the second of a two-part discussion. You can find uh, earlier podcasts, the first part with Dr. Liker and the first two with Norman Bodek, by going to leanpodcast.org, or you can find links to the podcast on leanblog.org, the main Lean Blog website. Coming up in the next couple of weeks, we'll have uh, podcast discussions with Jamie Flinchbaugh of the Lean Learning Center. Uh, you might recognize him as a frequent contributor to the Lean blog. And we'll also have more discussions, again, with Norman Bodak. If you have any questions or feedback uh, for me or my guests, please do contact me through the Lean blog. Or you can call and leave a voicemail at area code 817-776-LEAN. That's 776 776- 5326 and we might use those messages on the air in a future podcast. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at
1: gmail.com.